Hey y'all, Devin here. Before we get into the podcast, this episode was recorded uh, a few weeks ago at this point, and I just wanted to put a short note in here. We were dark last week in support of uh, making space for black voices in all media spaces, and uh, me and Adam and the podcast as a whole are ardent supporters of all the protests going on right now and of Black Lives Matter. So uh, linked in the description of this episode are a bunch of different resources you can check out to uh, donate, research, educate yourself, and help out. Thanks. This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Ouija. 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 It's not it's not like Bloody Mary where if you say it three times it just materializes in your lap. I was hoping that it would be a little bit like Bloody Mary that if I said it three times a funny bit would come into my head, but apparently not. Hello <laughs> and welcome to the Great American Scream. My name's Devin Wright. My name's Adam O'Connell and I already have a concern. Well, I have many concerns all the time about yeah. many things, but I have a concern about this episode specifically is that okay the the term ouija like capital uh-huh. o ouija is yeah. trademarked by hasbro so oh, no. like are we in trouble i i don't think we're in trouble but that doesn't mean we can't use our very funny trademark trademark joke that okay. we do all the time so we yeah. just have to stay away from that Ouija, a, a property of, of Hasbro Inc. Productions. Yeah, and maybe co. every time we say the word Ouija, we have to say Ouija as reserved, at all rights reserved by Hasbro Entertainment. <laughs> every single time. But yeah, but interestingly enough about Ouija, that when, when you say Ouija, now you're right. usually referring to this specific toy that is made by Hasbro. And the generic kind of catch-all term for these kind of boards is a talking board or a spirit board, um, which in like this is like the same way that everybody refers to uh, an adhesive bandage as a Band-Aid. Like mm. we just recognize it as the brand name. But if another company made a Ouija board that wasn't Hasbro, they couldn't call it, call a, Ouija it a Ouija board. board. They'd have but to call it something else. Eventually, it'll be like aspirin where... Uh, Bear used to have the trademark of aspirin or something like that. And then it became the generic term and then they lose the trademark. So actually, if we say Ouija enough, (laughs) then then Hasbro Hasbro has no choice. And we can all use we can all sell Ouija boards. Yeah. So we're going to talk selling Ouija boards. Is this the plug for our our branded Ouija boards? (laughs) Yeah, they're branded spirit boards, first of all. And. It's wild. I don't think most people know that Ouija is owned by ha- by Hasbro, that they sell. Yeah, I feel like it's something that's like maybe in the back of everyone's mind, but you don't actively think of it as like, like, yeah. you don't think of being able to buy a Ouija board at Target when you 100% can. Yeah. And you also don't think that about when you think of the hit horror film of the same name Ouija, Ugh. you don't think about the fact that Hasbro 
helped produce that film. Yeah, in the same way that they helped produce Battle uh, Battleship, <laughs> it's literally <laughs> the same concept. I yeah, hope Battleship except, is except a Hasbro. For Ouija, there's at least a con a conception that like if you play a Ouija board, you're communing with a with a spirit. With Battleship, I don't think anybody went into Battleship thinking, is this going to add some sort of metaphysical layer into the next time I play, a la Jumanji? Both were bad films, so... How dare um, you? Let's talk about the history of Ouija and kind of get into the discussion on whether or not it is a a gateway to the paranormal or just an interesting scientific phenomena. Um, Mm. Devin, have you ever used a Ouija board? I don't think so i remember (laughs) i had a friend in elementary school who is very into weird stuff and one time that that friend was me (laughs) it it was not adam she one time brought a paper ouija board onto the bus and a shot glass we were like seven okay uh and she wanted people to do the ouija board with her and people did uh, but then she like convinced like she, there was this whole big rigmarole about not using the Ouija board by yourself and all this stuff. And I was just scared and I wasn't about it. <laughs> so I don't think I did one, but I, I possibly communed with a spirit at some point. OK, yeah, I was gifted a Ouija board by my Nana Ooh. when I was a young lad. And so How I've wholesome. used it. Uh, very many times, usually with my siblings, but also sometimes at like, you know, teenage slumber parties. And I have it in my closet right now. I haven't used it in quite uh, some time, but I have used it quite a bit. I was a cool kid in high school. So instead of talking with ghosts, we kissed each other. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> Which looking back, I wish I had spent less time kissing people and more time talking to ghosts. Yeah. So if you don't know, well, if you don't know about Ouija boards, I imagine you're already done with this episode because we've gone quite a while without saying what they are. But a Ouija board or a spirit slash talking board is usually a flat wooden board. But now nowadays they could be made with cardboard or other things um, with letters, numbers, uh, yes, no and goodbye printed on it. It's meant to be played uh, by at least two people where all of the parties place their hand on the planchette, which is this like plastic arrowy thingy with a piece of glass so you can see through it. Um, and you will ask questions to this spirit that you are communicating with and the spirit will move the planchette to spell out the answers. Right. And the so, planchette is a like teardrop shape with a with a glass in the middle, not a shot glass. No. Despite like a, what Zoe told you on the bus. No, it's like a little monocle. Um, and it is a cool shape. I have earrings that are that are planchettes. So if you hmm. get nothing else out of Ouija boards, it's that a planchette is a cool shape. Yes. So the idea of talking boards and what's known as automatic writing, which is this idea of kind of what a Ouija board is with like spelling out these answers with these subconscious movements by connecting with the paranormal or literally just doing it by writing with the pen and paper. It didn't start with Ouija. Um, some mentions of it date all the way back to Song Dynasty China, which was around 1100 AD. Um, and even back then, automatic writing was associated with necromancy and communicating with the spirit world. Which that makes a lot of sense why we had to do automatic writing in acting school. Because we had to commune with... Did you ever do automatic writing? I never did automatic writing in act... Wait, what class did you do automatic writing in? Like when we had to do... Like in 
off the podcast in like Rosemary's class. Wasn't that we did automatic writing? It's not the same kind of automatic writing. We're making a okay, joke uh, okay, about- free writing. <laughs> Yeah. No, because I could totally, I could totally see auto- right. I could totally see the concept of paranormal automatic writing actually being used in an acting class. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, sadly, so, automatic writing in acting class never involved spiritual possession, but it should no, have. But it should have. Um, so, as part of the spiritualist movement in post Civil War America, um, psychic mediums began to use talking boards to communicate with clients, uh, relatives who had been lost in the war. It became a very kind of fashionable new way to conduct seances or communicate with spirits. Um, and spiritualism really worked for America during this time because it's it's odd to think that in such a conservative period in American history that as such a Christian period that people will be okay with the idea of communicating with ghosts. But the average lifespan of an American at this time was under 50 and spiritualism kind of worked with Christian rhetoric because it didn't have anything to do with communicating with the devil or demons. It was literally about just talking to people who had passed away, which is perfectly fine in Christianity. Everybody had seances Everyone did readings, even Mary Todd Lincoln, who oh. held a seance in the White House after her son passed away. Yeah, this is actually part of the reason. I don't remember if you or I specifically was like, we should do a Ouija episode. But one of the reasons I was excited to do one is the link to like 19th century America is so fascinating because the reason one of the main reasons why people were into talking to ghosts was that the Civil War is still the deadliest American war in history. So mm-hmm. most people had a dead relative close yeah. to them, which meant everybody was pretty closely and easily associated with death as a concept. So it wasn't as scary or macabre as it would become in the 20th century because uh, with the Civil War, you had deaths happening all around and they were tragic, but they were common. Whereas it, uh, with World War One and World War Two, death became... Uh, almost creepier and and more dangerous because of the way wars were fought. Yeah. And part of which is a appeal for people that worked with like the paranormal or people who are psychic mediums was actually its efficiency because previously yes. in in seances, the way to kind of do this automatic writing or communicating with spirits was mediums would Say, just say letters of the alphabet and the spirit would knock at the correct letter and they would have to write it out. And that took quite a while. That's and a clients, long time. clients wanted a much snappier way to communicate with their dead relatives. So we should yeah. make it convenient in that way. It's the ghost version of touch tone telephones yeah, instead of the dial. Yeah. <laughs> the actual commercial Ouija board, sort of like the parlor game, Uh, was created by Elijah Bond and patented in 1891. The name Ouija is actually a compound word combining both the French and the German words for yes, oui, and ja. Uh, Even though the first production company claimed it was a, quote, ancient Egyptian word, meaning good luck that they had. Of course. That the board had told them, like they had gotten that word from the board. They asked the board what the name was, what its name was, and... As we'll talk about later, the kind of like scientific like phenomena behind uh, spirit boards working has to do with like muscle, uh, subconscious muscle movements. And the idea of two guys like trying to sell a wooden board, sitting down and putting the planchette down and spelling out a word that meant nothing and then coming up with a reasoning for it is so good. There's a couple of different stories, too, about where it came from. There was one where somebody said, 
it was a misreading of a woman's name, Oida, O-U-I-D-A, that you know. like a man's, <laughs> that classic woman's name, Oida, <laughs> um, that he had seen uh, like a photo of her while he was uh, inventing dying the board. In a, oh, <laughs> dying in horrible fashion. And then they no. came with him and was like. <laughs> but so uh, these boards became immensely popular, especially during the turn of the century. But really from the 1920s on, it was advertised as a, quote, never failing amusement and recreation for all the classes <laughs> and uh, a link between the the known and the unknown, the material and the immaterial. Yeah, there uh, Ouija boards became like a mainstay of American pop culture in a way that must be so weird for people today to look at because there's like a Norman Rockwell painting of like two uh, people on a first date and they're like doing a Ouija board. Like yeah. it was a fun Thing. It wasn't scary. It wasn't scary at all, which is so, which which is specifically weird because you would think that like Hasbro, which is a toy company that now mm-hmm. owns it, would like try to bring that back in some way. At least I don't. You well, would think. Yeah, I feel like because so uh, Ouija was purchased by Parker Brothers in 1967, which was the then Monopoly guys, the Monopoly men, and was then uh, acquired by Hasbro in 1991. But so uh, the original intention with Parker Brothers kind of original marketing was in the similar vein as these kind of like fortune telling or like mystery date games where you could ask right. questions about like if like Johnny from next door had a crush on you and the Ouija board would tell you. Right. Or you were on a first date and it was like, does he want to kiss me? And it was yeah. Like, no. And you're like, all right. Okay. <laughs> this is done. Um, and, th- and because of that, they were really, really popular, especially amongst teenagers and especially amongst teenage girls. It was a big like slumber party thing. Um, but there's a link to witchcraft there. Yeah. D- oh, Women absolutely. not having social power and then turning to like things like spirit boards. But so th- there's a point after Parker Brothers bought it that the rhetoric um, around Ouija changed from spiritual to spooky and became dangerous because of The Exorcist. The Exorcist mm. came out in 1973, um, which and is still considered today to be one of the scariest movies of all time. And it, mm-hmm. it was marketed as based on a true story. And in the film, Reagan becomes possessed by a demon after playing with an Ouija board. Ooh. So it's it's kind of like the Jaws effect where nobody was really afraid of sharks that much until Jaws came out. So nobody was scared of Ouija boards until The Exorcist came out. Yeah. And almost overnight, people associated Ouija boards with the occult. It started appearing in horror movie after horror movie. Religious groups were denouncing them and burning them. And like this... This one kind of cultural movement is still today how we see Ouija. Yeah. And it's like it's like sharks or like uh, last week's episode clowns, which means that next week to round out the trilogy, we'll be doing an episode on sharks. (laughs) Shark horror. Shark horror. But uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, the uh, some of the common taboos and okay. beliefs surrounding surrounding Ouija. So these yes, are a couple I have of my Ouija board here. Yeah, it's I, a I, genuine Hasbro Ouija and it's here in front of me, a GHO. I took a couple of different rule books from different versions of the Ouija boards in different years and a couple of other kind of like occultist websites and paranormal websites that uh, summarize do's and don'ts when using a Ouija board, and I've I've selected a couple of important things to remember. 
So the first thing is to never taunt a spirit while using the Ouija board. That's just never taunt a spirit, period. Yeah, no, just I just wouldn't. Taunt no spirit. Just let that's, him be. <laughs> that's why in like those ritual games, you can't do stuff like pop a melatonin when you're trying to play man in the fields because that's cheating and you shouldn't taunt him. Yeah, but that's different because I'm trying to be like flirty and fun <laughs> during that game. So I'm like, I'm not taunting him. I'm like teasing him. You know? <laughs> OK, number two, never ask the Ouija board when you're going to die. They don't know and they feel awkward when you ask because it's weird as a ghost to have so much pre- preternatural knowledge and not know when somebody's going to die. It's just really yeah, awkward I guess- to put them in a weird position. <laughs> The other implication is that you ask the Ouija board when you're going to die and it spells out like now. now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that would be bad. Um, It spells out now. And then you're like, wait, what? And it goes, no, I was just goofing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rule number three, spirits do not ever have to tell the truth and could be lying to you about their identity to gain your trust. Ah, so what you is think, the goal of a ghost who gains my trust through? I mean, no, you, th- Devin, maybe you think you're talking uh, to the late great prince when in reality you're okay. talking to a. D- and you, a prince says, "May I come into your home because I want to jam on your guitar?" And you say, "Of course, prince. I would love for you to do I that." I say, "Of course, of of course." The ghost, formerly <laughs> known as the human, the, formerly the known ghost, as prince. The ghost, formerly known as the artist, formerly known as prince. Known as prince. <laughs> Um, but then you invite him in. Uh oh, it's not actually Prince. It's a demon. And now he's it's, possessed your toilet brush. Yeah. And I should have known uh, firsthand because Prince can't touch my guitar. He doesn't. He, he phases right through it. <laughs> um, rule number four, never use a Ouija board alone. The more people <gasps> you do it with, the better. Zoe was right. Yeah, and there's also there is a scientific reason why you don't right. you're it not going to use it alone too. With one person, yeah, which we'll get to that later. We'll talk to that, yeah. Um, rule number five. Now, this one I found interesting because if this is true. I'm in trouble. Do yeah. not ever use it in your home. Adam, you have to burn your whole house down. I've used it out so many times in my house. I've used it in other people's houses. Where else would you do it? I've well, used it in my so. nana's house. Like, wh- yeah, where else are you going to do it? Where are you going to take it? Into the woods. That seems like a worse idea. Yeah. Um, Rule number six, elect a leader who will ask the questions and read answers aloud. Everyone else must close their eyes and should not laugh or ask if it's working. That also tracks with like how the game works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rule number seven, it is bad luck to leave the planchette on the board after you finish. That makes sense. That's a Ouija the movie thing. It'll oh, just start it? moving and talking to you all the right, time. Right, yeah. You shouldn't... Yeah, don't leave it there. Um, It'll start annoying you. Like, if when you leave... It's bad. It's phantom power. You're wasting energy. Con Ed, the Con Ed bill will be through the roof. Like the paranormal the Con Ed... The paranormal spirit energy Con Ed bill. Uh, rule number eight. Always the end your... bill? That was, yeah, there you go. There you go. Ah, there it is. There it is. Uh, rule number eight, always end your session by saying goodbye and never, ever remove all of the hands from the planchette if the spirit has not said goodbye yet. That's just good manners. It's like well, yeah. uh, it's like those mall contests where the last person to have their hand on the Subaru minivan. Hands on a hard it. body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like that. The last person to have their hand on the planchette gets the demon inside them. Okay, okay yeah. And um, $10,000. It's, it's presumably to close the portal properly because it's kind of like chasing a wasp out of your house and then being like, Wait. I'm glad that wasp is gone, but then you leave the screen door open still. It can get right back in. Ah, dang it. You let the dang screen door open. That demon's yeah. going to come right back in. Yeah. Um. Rule. Okay, number nine. These are some warning signs for okay. uh, what things to look out for that means you should peace out um if the spirit starts counting down numbers or going through the letters of the alphabet if it starts making an infinity symbol or if the spirit introduces themselves as zozo zozo the ouija board demon yeah zozo is uh, apparently the the podcast a very uh prominent ouija board demon and often when people are using ouija boards if they contact a malevolent spirit it is often zozo Mm. Which is a cute I, little name for a malevolent spirit. It is spirit. a cute name. It's probably because on most Ouija boards, the Z and the O are pretty close together because it goes like A to P, right? Yeah. But also, if you're playing Ouija with like a seven or six year old, and they only know they know how to do the alphabet song real good, <laughs> maybe they just want to go through the alphabet anyway, and there's no demon in there. Um, but yeah, watch out for Zozo. Uh, and I guess others, but Zozo especially. Zozo is the main one. Yeah. Number 10 is a compound rule. Don't use it in a cemetery and never burn it. Which if you burn it in a cemetery. Very oh, bad. Yeah. I guess. Now, what's worse, using it in a cemetery or using it in your house? Which is worse, using it in a cemetery, using it in your house, contacting Zozo or burning it? Can you erect a house in a cemetery Light it on fire and then contact Zozo. <laughs> Talk to Zozo. Um, so kind of back to the culture surrounding it. Most uh, denominations of Christianity label Ouija as a general no-no. I couldn't couldn't explain why. Um, yeah. But because it's it's divination or opens uh, up the door to communicate with demons. And Obviously, the, the devil's best friend is Zozo. It says yeah. that in the Bible. <laughs> Obviously, this is only going to make young Christians want to use it more, especially Catholics, because the Catholic oh. to goth pipeline is robust and well oiled. So yes. because Catholicism growing up Catholic, like Catholicism has so much to do with blood and demons anyway. Like, oh, yeah. And it's almost most, every Catholic I know has used a Ouija board at some point. Yeah. As somebody who spent much of their life as a Catholic, uh, really loving it, just really loving the space, living there. <laughs> it's the most pagan of all the Christian denominations. I would so. say, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely up sense. there. It makes I sense. I wonder what the paganist stance on Ouija boards is. Ooh. Hmm. I didn't look that up, but I will. Uh, A couple of famed uh, or notable uses of the Ouija board for paranormal activity. Uh, In the late 1940s, a 14-year-old boy under the pseudonym Roland Doe was exercised in Maryland after uh, allegedly being possessed by a demon because he used a Ouija board. I like Roland Doe as a sort of Jane Doe, John Smith type pseudonym. We should bring that back. Yeah, I always thought that like if you're going to have these anonymous people, if you all give them different names, they're not quite anonymous anymore now, aren't they? Wow. Cracked it like, wide open. <laughs> Witness protection program. S- where are you at? It never made any sense to me. But anyway, 
Um, the also the great English occultist Alistair Crowley was a huge fan of Ouija boards, and uh. it great it uh, greatly influenced a lot of his studies and religious teachings. And um, perhaps my favorite example, uh, the great Alice Cooper once claimed that he got his stage name as his real. I'm sorry to disappoint you that his real name is not Alice Cooper. Uh, his yeah. real name is Vincent Fernier or Fernier. Uh, uh, and he name. but he got his stage name, Alice Cooper, after an, a Ouija board told him he was a reincarnation of a 17th century witch with the same name. Now, hell yeah, Vincent. Years later, he did confirm that he was just joshing and he just picked That's Alice Cooper so uh, because it sounded cool. But frankly, I'm going to reject that part of that fact and choose to believe that he is a reincarnation of a 17th hmm. century wish named Alice Cooper because I like that a lot for him and See, for me. I, for me, it adds to the greatness of it that this, that this man <laughs> then created this mythology for himself that is very powerful and then later is like it's just a goof y'all like that's yeah, also very good it's very alice cooper i mean like he guest starred on the muppets everyone thinks of alice cooper as this kind of very scary hard man he was on the muppet show baby and he was great He's, he was on the muppet show baby <laughs> all right so let's talk about the counter argument to the paranormal uh side of ouija right. So talking about the the science behind why Ouija air quote works. Um, so for those who do not believe in the paranormal, I hear you. I, I hear you. But you say you say, wait a minute. I have used a Ouija board and I was right. definitely not the one moving it, which I can attest to. I've used Ouija boards and I can like right hand swearing on the Bible and or the devil Bible that um, when I used a Ouija board, I wasn't thinking about actively moving it to make answers. It was just kind of happening. So what's right. up? So what's up? This, you know, this podcast's all about how horror's fun, and now we're going to break it open. Well, I think this is still people, fun. Yeah, for some people, including myself, the, like, explanations behind paranormal ideas, it's, like, just as much fun. Yeah, so um, the phenomena is known as the ideomotor effect, which is Ooh. a very fancy way to say unconscious or subconscious movement um, and the power of your own body. So, like, really, the the demon was inside you the whole time. We were Zozo. Yeah, the whole time you were Zozo. Maybe the real Zozo was the small muscular twitches <laughs> that we had along the way. So it, it really uh, can be a, a trip. This phenomenon can be attributed to a lot of different psychic phenomena so uh dowsing rods which are those two metal rods that uh right. psychics will ask spirits to cross and uncross for answers to questions um pendulum dowsing where they follow the patterns of the pendulum or ask the spirit to move them psychic drawing um table turning which is when you uh kind of similar to a ouija board or the knocking method where you rotate the table to give answers um and even charlie charlie is yes. a uh, ID motor charming. effect thing. And if you ever did the thing where you told your friend to like put their fingers out, uh, their pointer fingers straight out, and then you pretended to put string oh, around it, yeah. like you're tying it together and your fingers went together. That's also. Yeah, I was trying to remember which one that effect. was. I kept thinking about the one where you push two pencils and erasers together, but that's something else. That's, that's not this. Physics. <laughs> that's, that's just physics. That's just physics. Two erasers together. <laughs> it's like when you hold a pencil up and it looks like it's made of rubber. <laughs> it's like that. 
So in the case of Ouija specifically, um, your brain can unconsciously or subconsciously create memories, images, or imagined slash desired answers. And your your body responds to those signals from your brain by moving your muscles to those answers without you even realizing. It's kind of like a physical daydreaming. Like when you start daydreaming, you don't have to go like, oh, now let me paint the sky that is behind the, the, the ship where Tom Hanks and I are, are flying. Like I, it right. just happens for you. And, and this is yes. in the same way, but instead of in the brain, it goes from brain to body. Um, right. It's a it's a like very uh, viewable version of the phrase muscle memory, like because yeah. your brain has a certain associations with like a, like makes assumptions all the time, constantly forever. If the planchette moves over one letter in response to a question, your brain is already thinking what word starts with B that would fill that without it, you even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And then your brain starts to move your body without you knowing. Yeah, and and a a very quick way to prove this, if you have a Ouija board at home, you can try this. Pull it out. Um, Pull it out right now. You can try this. Try doing it blindfolded. Nothing will happen. And there have been several studies showing that participants either don't move at all when doing Ouija blindfolded or create totally incoherent answers because they cannot see the board. Um, So the effect, in my opinion, becomes equally as cool as if not more cool as if you were communicating with a ghost because you are communicating with your subconscious in a way that you wouldn't be able to by just talking. And when you do it with multiple people, everyone's subconscious brains are working together to generate answers. Nobody like you notice when you play, nobody's there's no push and pull of fighting of where to move the next letter. One person acts on their subconscious impulse first and everyone else just follows like a good, good improv game. Right. Like a great improv game. It's exactly like it's like free word association, except fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> experts believe that the uh, idea motor effect can be used as a very powerful tool to access the subconscious. Um, in a 2012 study, scientists observed that participants were more easily able to access accurate factual information about their lives while using the Ouija board instead of just trying to remember. So stuff they if just ask, they wouldn't quite be able to answer totally accurately they could provide way more accurate answers while using the Ouija board. That's so cool. Isn't that wild? And then the same study would ask participants yes or no questions. And even when they didn't know the answers, they were able to answer more correctly while using the Ouija board than not. Ah, that was actually because a, a ghost went in them. <laughs> that one was a that ghost. Knew the answers. Yeah, that one was a ghost. All that the rest was... of them not ghosts. That one, though? That one was a ghost. That was the ghost of still living Alex Trebek, the only man in the world who knows everything and was providing the answers to these questions. Alex Trebek's original name was Ouija. (laughs) And he asked the Ouija board what his name should be. And it said Alex Trebek. (laughs) But uh, so the Ouija board can be used to access something that we can't normally communicate with. But it is not ghosts, or is it? It's, it's our yeah. subconscious. Which is so goddamn neat. Yeah, so this obviously kind of opens the door for a discussion about the dangers of this effect and how it can be used to scam people, especially in the case of psychic mediums because of the uh, what we know as like the business of psychic mediums nowadays is 
a right. lot based on scamming. Um, but that yes. is a discussion for another day because yes, that, that is its own thing. Yes, that door has been opened and we're going to leave it open for an indeterminate yeah, for amount now. of time we'll until go. we Don't figure out a tasteful way to talk. Yeah, yeah. I think I think eventually uh, it would be very fun to talk about uh, different aspects of uh, psychic mediums and, mm-hmm. and the kind of work they do. I think there's uh, interesting discussion to be had about things like tarot cards um, and things like that, which are like interesting fusions of the uh like scientific statistical thing and also the non-scammy side of psychics which is just like saying interesting stuff based on random chance yeah i'm i'm more invested in kind of what we were talking about before the american spiritualism movement kind of psychics that that's really cool especially because with uh modern psychic abilities are are most often associated with like the ability to solve crimes or help people grieve while back in the day it was kind of more so used just to like check in with uncle terry how's your leg wound like yeah it's it's (laughs) it's it's the it was in the same vein as sleight of hand magic Mm -hmm. not as like oh it's just a fun trick but it's like a talent yeah, the stakes weren't yeah. nearly as high. Right. It was it, much like, more leisure. I don't want to talk about the celebrity whatever medium. I want to talk about the women at the Renaissance Fair who would tell me to pull a card and read my palms every day and tell me that I was doing great, sweetie. Like, I yeah, want to talk about her. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. because of that, I think that Ouija is great as both a fun, spooky party game and as a cool tool for accessing your subconscious. Like, I don't want to go and say, like, oh, Ouija is, like, a complete horseshit because it's totally not it's a right. really cool a, a way to maybe access parts of yourself or things that you think about without kind of uh, fun. realizing yeah and it's it is spooky when you all sit around with your friends yeah. and you ask the ghost's name and he tells like that's spooky yeah and it's really spookier fun than zozo the ouija board demon but five different people's idea motor effects working in tandem <laughs> That's spooky. <laughs> That's spooky. So just when it, if and when you play Ouija, which I don't like, don't be afraid of it. Take it with a grain of salt and like have some fun. Give it a try. Yeah. Hell yeah. Devin, what do you think? I'm into Ouija boards. Very good. I have long wanted a poster of Norman Rockwell's piece of the first date Ouija. I think it's so cute. There's a Me great too. 99% invisible episode about like the design of Ouija boards because they've changed throughout the years. So if you're interested in that you should check that out since this is a short episode anyway yeah definitely you have the time yeah you you got the time (laughs) we're letting you out of class early we don't have the time we're out of touch we're (laughs) out of time for this episode of the great american scream thank you much so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode you can uh rate review and share from whatever service you happen to use to get your podcast we are on spotify and itunes and google play so check us out on those if you really enjoyed the episode and you want to share it with more people, share it with a friend who likes spooky things or your friend from middle school that you did Ouija with that one time on the bus, even though it was paper and a shot glass. It's the best way to spread the word about the show. Adam, can you pimp our social medias? Yes, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter at Great Scream Pod. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Ouija, your experiences. And if there's anything you want to hear about on the show, please post at us or tweet at us. You can use the hashtag TGAS. Yes. 
A special thank you goes out to Stevie Viola, who did the intro music and outro music for the podcast. Also, thank you to Michael Segudo, who does our lovely disclaimer (laughs) at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I think that's it, Adam. I have been Devin. I have been Adam. And hopefully you have been spooked by the idea motor effect. (laughs) And maybe Zozo. And maybe Zozo. Tell Zozo I said If you talk to Zozo, do you know what you need to do, Adam? You have to do it safely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>